Have you ever wondered how a student might respond if we ask them to give us some time to think about changes that we want to implement in the school? Do you think they would say, no, I don't want you to take your time. I want to do school right now. Or do you think they might have some understanding? In this conversation with Isaiah, I explore that question with him about the response to COVID. His answer was really surprising to me where he said, I wish we had just taken some time. It was really fascinating. I don't think we give students enough credit. We also talk about why students might be afraid to take on the title of leader or take on a leadership role. He's not the first student that has expressed this concern to me, but it was really interesting to hear his perspective. I hope you enjoy this interview with Isaiah as much as I did. Education Unimagined, where we give students an opportunity to share their voice in a system where often their voice is unheard. I ask them to share their experience and advice on how we can improve the experience for everyone. Isaiah, thank you so much for joining me today on my podcast. What I would love to do is have you just start by sharing who you are and where you are in your journey of education. My name is Isaiah Peel. I'm 19 years old. I grew up in Manchester, New Hampshire. I decided after high school I would go into the military. So I joined the United States Air Force, been in for a little over about a year and a half now. I'm stationed overseas. So for us in the military, when you're stationed overseas, usually you do like online school. So it's a lot more of online classes and the schedule is more adjusted to when we have time because of our work schedule. We work a lot more. The reason that I asked you to join me on this podcast, when I knew you as a student, I saw you as a leader and I remember trying to convince you to join peer leadership at the time. And initially, you didn't see yourself in that role. But you also shared with me that you experienced COVID in high school. In-person option at the base for some of the work that you're doing online, you actually can go see somebody in person. The challenge that you had as a hands-on learner, does that make it a little bit easier to be able to go to an in-person platform even though it's not specific to any content. Yeah, I would say it definitely helped. I believe that it definitely makes it a lot easier having that physical person there that you're allowed to go see if you're struggling with online school. Oh, I know we're looking back in hindsight. What are some thoughts that you have for educators in terms of how we could have done school a little bit differently? I think they kind of just jumped right into it. It went from we're in school, COVID hit. All right, you guys are online school. Class starts next week. Join the Zoom meetings. Your teacher will send you all the information. Even if it would have pushed school back maybe a month, maybe a couple weeks, if they would have taken the time as a student, I wouldn't have minded staying a couple weeks later, maybe a month later into school to get the learning that I would see. Did we assess at the end of COVID? Did you see any transition from what maybe we learned in COVID or what we learned before COVID 
to now? Did you see any real learning and adjustments for schooling? I feel that the criteria and the material we learned was the same. It was just rotated from online to let's look back at it in person so you can get the proper tools you need. Was there any tips or tricks that teachers did that you found to be really useful in either transitions? Going into online schooling, I will say there was a lot of good aspects of it. The teachers were doing what they needed to do. I think it was just a lot harder than usual because of the transition no one had ever really gone through before. They did really good with pushing out the information they needed and doing what they needed to do. It was just a lot harder to achieve the goals that they wanted online. And then I feel as we rotated back into the more normal aspect of school, going back and being able to learn again, they did good on being able to go back and make sure everyone knew the information. They were doing pretty good at making sure the students understood what they needed to do, what was being done. For you, I know you're a hands-on learner, but in terms of connecting and building relationships with educators, what did you find to be easier? So for me personally, I like in person, but there is good aspects to both learning ways when it comes to communication. So for being in school, you have that time with the teacher in class and If you use your breaks in between classes, you can try to get to know the teacher better and get the help you need. But I also felt like even going into online, it was a lot easier to set up meetings so you and the teacher could have that conversation or if you needed help and or anything, it was just always available. As long as the teacher was available for that time slot, you could really get a meeting whenever. So going back to your self-described hands-on learner aspect, what types of classes and what subjects did you find that you enjoyed the most because of that? You'll like this answer. I didn't see myself being good at chemistry until I actually came and did your class. It really helped me look into hands-on aspect more because we did a lot of hands-on and we also did a lot of equations and I wasn't good at it at first I'll admit but with the hands-on and with the communication I really felt like chemistry and bio were my top two learning classes because I picked up a lot from those classes as well as I got along with my teachers so it was easier for me to go in that class and be happy that I had that class that day because I could just walk into class and be like oh okay I'm with Miss Connell today we can go and I know what we're going to do. And oh, she I think she said we were going to do an experiment today. It was just a lot better for those two classes for me. Were there things that you did in any of those types of classes that seemed to resonate with you as a hands-on learner? In English, we would do plays in class like where we'd reenact certain parts of like a poem or reading. So I enjoyed those parts Um, of those classes. I like making presentations. It gets you in the information. You get to do your slideshows, your information, your pictures with your schoolwork. And it helps a lot with the whole aspect of wanting to be hands-on and being able to do something other than just writing an essay or typing up a couple paragraphs. It just makes it a lot easier. You mentioned in your survey that there have been teachers in your experience that have supported you to be the best that you can be. Describe how that happened for you and how they helped you sort of see yourself differently from the way that you saw yourself. I kind of started off school freshman year just doing my own thing. I was really shy going into high school, not really knowing anything. 
And then as I got more comfortable, I kind of broke out to more teachers and a lot of teachers kind of just got to understand me and we got along really well. I was always willing to help people and do things for other people as much as I could. It just makes me feel better as a person. But I was nervous when you recommended peer leadership because it felt more of a role until I actually joined it and did it. And it was actually a lot of fun just being able to like help the newer students, some younger freshmen and being able to help anyone that has questions or needs anything, especially if people don't feel comfortable talking to some teachers, they can just find one of us and usually they knew who you so. I'd say you helped me a lot, pushed me towards that aspect of helping me find my leadership voice and getting out there and being comfortable standing up and talking with other people and doing things. You mentioned that the leadership seemed out of reach because it maybe was like an official title or an official role and not something that you might just do naturally. What do you think the challenge is when we define leadership so specifically that students like you don't see it as something that you fall into or that you want to do? What do you think some of the challenges are when we define leadership? So with leadership, it's a lot of like responsibility, a lot of trust, and everyone looks up to you and just more eyes on you at once. And that's why I was hesitant to do it at first. And then I started to learn more. The main focus isn't to put focus on you. It's get you out there so you can help people. People can trust you and like you. Have a better relationship with people you might not have spoken to in your regular day-to-day class in high school. Do you think that played any role in your desire to be part of the military? Or was that something that you had already made the decision that you were going to go in that direction? I wanted to go in that direction. But I will say taking the peer leadership course and going through there and finding my leadership voice definitely gives me different aspects on how to look at things while I'm in the military. We go by a rank system. And usually the lowest ranking people don't get much say in things, but being able to see in that leadership way, people look at you differently. So personally, for me, it's helped a lot with just suggesting better ideas to make the job better or noticing different emotions or the way people are acting towards certain people. You can kind of read how they're feeling in certain situations. So it helps a lot within the military. So those were skills that you developed in doing that leadership course? 100%. Because if I wouldn't have taken that course, I still might have had that leadership voice, but I haven't found it yet. I never really learned how to control it, how to use it and how to like dig deep down and actually be like, okay, so here's this and this is how we can fix it without affecting anyone or anything. Did you discover any opportunities where you maybe made a mistake and were able to grow from that experience? There's definitely situations where mistakes have been made. Nothing too significant. Sometimes it's just the way you talk to people, the tone in your voice. I've caught myself doing that sometimes when you're talking to someone and they're not listening how you want them to. So it'll kind of flip that little switch in your head where You might get a little upset or you might catch a little attitude, but you have to realize that person might just not understand it, how you're seeing it. So just being relaxed, being calm and being able to understand and walk them through that whole situation is a lot better. It's a really impressive observation. I think a lot of people miss those subtle differences in our own 
speaking and what other people's body language are demonstrating. When you decided that you were going to go into the military, did you encounter any obstacles as you were applying or even as you sort of left and entered the military? There's a few different things. I had trouble with the whole separation part, being away from like family, friends, peers, mentors. It's definitely a hard struggle, but having the willpower to just push through it and being able to accomplish your goals, no matter what struggles you face. But even though you're separating from them, you have to realize that you're doing good and everything will be all right. And just to take the skill set you have and not to forget it moving on. Wow, that's really great advice. Did you feel that there was a distinct difference between the direction you were going and your peers were going in high school? Did you feel like there were any of those differences divided or united you with your peers? My other friends going to college and moving on and doing different things, it definitely set a harder barrier. But if you both make the attempt to try and talk to each other, at least sometimes, those friendships should stay the same if you were true friends, just because of the two different career paths chosen between school and military, or whether you don't go to school and you just find a job. If you are true friends, I feel like you should be able to overcome that struggle in between each. What was the process for applying for the military? It's pretty simple. You go to your local recruiter's office, you talk to them, and they can help you understand more or less and help you find what you might want to do within the military. There's a broad choice of job careers, but sometimes it doesn't matter what job you may want. It depends on what job you qualify for. So you have to take tests in order to get scores, and your score will base what jobs you get So if you get a very low score, you might not get as many jobs as you thought. So your list will be very short and they send you, it's called MEPS. It's the Military Entrance Processing Station. So that is in Portland. They're going to send you there. You'll stay in a hotel. You'll do your tests. Then they'll do a physical test. They'll do like some blood work and make sure there's nothing, any diseases or anything that you may have that can stop you from joining the military. And then depending on what you get on your test, you make your job list and then you kind of just wait. It's a lot of waiting. I know there are lots of people who know they're going into the Army, the Air Force or the Navy. But what if I know I want to be part of the military, but I don't know which branch I want to be part of? So that's how I was at first. I didn't really know what I wanted. I did my personal research on every branch and kind of found what jobs they have and what would suit me the best. I looked into Marines, I looked into Army, I looked into Navy, and I did Air Force. Those were the four ones that I looked through. And the Army, I was never really interested too much in joining. The Marines wasn't options, and the Navy wasn't, it was like a 50-50. So then I kind of broke it down on what jobs they have and what I wanted to do come my military career and my career after I get out of the military. And uh, the forces in the Air Force kind of had the mission I wanted to go since I wanted to go canine. I wanted to do dog handling. So I followed that path to choose the Air Force. What are your goals for the military? I'm hoping to get at least one degree, finish one whole degree while my time in the military. I'm also mainly focused on the canine aspect of going to the kennels, learning different things with the dogs and doing that within my future, focusing on like just being a dog handler and moving towards that career path. 
I signed a six-year contract, so I'll be in until I turn 24. If you could give advice to teachers, what advice would you have given to your teachers? Just in general, trying to get to know your students a little better. It doesn't need to be a friendship. It doesn't need to be personal. But just understanding your student, being able to realize if they're not having a good day or if something's wrong, being able to tell because there's days where kids will have bad days and they are not going to be able to pay attention in class. So instead of yelling at them or being like, hey, you need to go to the principal's office, try to get to know them so you can figure out the problem at a smaller level than having to bring it up to parents or anything, trying to just learn that aspect of focusing on your leadership. Suggestions on how we might be able to get to know our students a little bit better, because I agree wholeheartedly that building that relationship is critical in successful classrooms. But what ideas would you give to making those relationships? Just doing icebreakers, getting to know where are you from? Do you have siblings? Basic conversational talk. Here and there, it can be out of different times. It can be before class, middle of class, end of class just sparking that little conversation of, hey, how are you? Is everything good? The basic conversation of being a human. Advice that you might have for your peers, if you could go back and tell kids of that age group, what advice would you give? Don't give your teachers harder of a time than they need. Because there's times where you'll nag back and forth with the teacher, bitter chitter chatter, back and forth arguing, just go try to learn. You don't always need to be into what you're learning. Just give the teacher a chance and try and actually pay attention because it'll help both you and the teacher in the long run. It almost feels like kind of similar advice. Try and build a relationship with your teacher so that you can connect with them, maybe not on the subject matter, but personally a little bit more. Let's think about those who are in charge of schools. So administrators or school counselors, what advice might you have for them in helping kids maybe decide what direction to go after school or ways to make school a little bit less rigid? The college fairs and they would have the different branches of the military come in and they would have beauty school and mechanic school and all that type of stuff. And then the students were able to go down and look and see what interests them. That was really helpful because not only can you look at, I think I'm interested in mechanics, but maybe I'm interested in movie films or something else. So you have that variety of different schools that come and you can kind of broaden your mind to looking at different education systems. Was there one lesson in particular that you learned in high school that you would like to share? I would say it's kind of more of like words of wisdom. Just be friends with everyone in the moment. Don't worry about arguing or disliking other students due to the fact that you don't know what they've been through, what they're going through, or even if they haven't done, been through anything, they might just not be a social. Try to get to know students that don't talk that much. Try to get to know the students that may have special learning disabilities and they might need a little extra help. Just expand your variety of who you're friends with and just try to be more friendly to people, I guess. I really love that. That's great advice. I want to thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you taking some time to have this conversation with me. And this has been great. There's some really great tidbits in here, especially that last word of wisdom. I'm glad I could do it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of 
Education Unimagined and my interview with Isaiah. I am asking you to share this podcast with someone you know who might benefit from hearing it, an educator, an administrator, someone you know who values student voice or another student. It's the best compliment to share the podcast for me. A startling 90% of teenagers don't see themselves as leaders. Let that sink in. 90%. This prevents them from reaching their full potential. It negatively impacts their growth as an individual, and it creates high levels of anxiety and depression. It took me 47 years to understand my own value, and I know you don't want this to be the case with your child, your students, the people in your life, and I'd like to help make sure it isn't. If you want your children, your students, the people in your life to wake up every day knowing how to own their inner leader and get comfortable breaking out of their shell to do amazing things in their life, have them join my upcoming webinar. You can find it at Peers Not Fears. In 30 minutes, those who attend are clear on their value as a leader. They are confident on how to lead from that place and they are excited about what their next steps in life are. It's free to join this webinar. If you search Peers Not Fears, you will come across my Leadership Academy. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast Unimagined for all the amazing upcoming interviews that I have on the slate. The theme music for this podcast, Unimagined, was written and produced by another fellow educator, Keith McClendon. Thank you.